Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Every now and then we dip into the Country Life archives. And today we're going back 10 years. It's an early spring day on an isolated property at the top of the Rangitata Gorge. And Cosmo Kentish Barnes is there with farmer and horsewoman Erin Cassie. We're at Irrawan Station, which is um, basically the, the name is Nowhere Backwards, um, with the H and W mixed around. So it's at the head of the Rangitata River in Mid Canterbury. It's quite spectacular where we're standing. We can see uh, some very steep mountains directly in front of us. What are they called? So this is the, the, the scree slopes ahead of us is the Potts Range, and that's basically our, our boundary, just the this, this side of it, um, our northern boundary. And the in-between mountain that's closest to us, with the, with the bit of green coming through, that's Mount Carolyn. That's one of our main home blocks, one of our hill blocks. And then just behind us, we have the jumped-up downs, which are an unusual little form of small hills, little hillocks. And uh, they are glacial deposits, so when the glaciers came down the river and carved out those valleys, dirt was basically pushed up um, ahead of it, and then when the glaciers retreated, the dirt was left behind. So they are um, a very distinct uh, geological feature to Erewhon, and you certainly can see it well down the valley. And round from the downs we have the Cloudy Peak Range and behind the poplar trees, which is quite a big, big range that basically runs up through the middle of the Havelock and the Clyde Rivers which feed into the Rangitata, so um, and it brings us some extremes of weather, but uh, very, very nice to look at. Can you tell me about the farm? How much land do you have and what do you farm here? So we're 35,000 acres, but a heck of a lot of that is no man's land, so a lot of mountainous country, riverbed, um, areas that you you can't graze. It's just a tough, tough, uh, tough environment. So that means we're only a a 6,000 stock unit place, so, you know not big numbers of stock based on the size of the place and predominantly we're a merino wool operation so we have the, run the, about four and a half thousand sheep for wool and that all goes on to contract with icebreaker clothing and we also have about 300 Hereford cattle that we basically run for cross grazing purposes to they'll clean out the areas where the sheep um, don't run and we have the Herefords because our neighbours at Mesopotamia and Mount Potts have black Angus cattle so open river boundary you uh, our orange Herefords uh, we know whose is whose if they get uh, mismothered in the in the riverbed <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also have the Clydesdale horses so we have about 60 we winter about 60 horses but see, from now on, with spring foaling, we'll blow out to about 80 with the new foals by the end of November. But a number of those we're selling each autumn at weaning time, and then also the odd older harness horse that we uh, surplus to our requirements. So we breed half Clydesdales as well, and, and there's a few floating around, but they've all got a job. There's no uh, panic princesses or uh, just just show ponies. They've all got to... They're either working horses or making babies or... Um, young ones like this fella here that are growing and he's just starting to learn, learn the 
tools of the trade. And so you use your Clydesdales for most of the farm work? Yes, we, we try to, but at the end of the day we've got a, we've got a farm to run. So it's the 80-20 rule, you know, 80% of the time we'll use the horses and the rest of the time we'll, we'll use whatever vehicle to get the job done. So all the cultivation is done with the 8-horse or 10-horse team through spring and, and we don't use a tractor at all for, for those tasks um, unless we really get caught out. But that's because cultivation, you can work around the weather, you've got a bit of flexibility to when you do it, whereas the harvesting in summertime, it's completely weather-dependent, haymaking and um, binding oats. So, you know, if you've got a window and we haven't got the staff here, then we'll just have to hook in and do it with the tractor. So it's just... Um, yeah, common sense, you know, do whatever it takes to get the job done. But yes, but yes we do uh, use the horses and heading up the river for our musters um, or taking fire up to our huts. We use the um, eight-horse team in the wagon or, or five-horse team. And the river, the Clyde River, that splits us, splits the property in half, it's quite a swift river and the horses are the best transport um, around the place, much better than a four-wheel drive. The, uh, the Clydesdale we're standing beside is dark brown and he must be six foot. He's very big, isn't he? Yeah. This one's called Monty. And we, he's, he's only a baby. He's just four-year-old and he's just put all his energy into growing upwards. He's miles too big. And the Clydesdale right behind you is a bit smaller. He's white with a grey mane and he's quite inquisitive. Very. Isn't he? Yes. This is, uh, this is Master. He's a three year old, so he's just been broken in, started two, two weeks ago, so he's just learning the ropes. Um, he's by a different stallion to this other fella, so he won't grow as big, but yeah, he's, he's got another three years ahead of him of growing and he'll end up, you know, a pretty, pretty good horse. So we're going to put him in the wagon this morning for the first time and see, uh, see what he thinks of that. He's been on the team working ground, so he's used to the chains and um, being part of a, a work team, but um, this will be a a new experience having to uh, yes. have us on the seat up high behind him. So what are we going to do this morning? So we'll go and put, um, we've got to put a three horse team in one of our um, farm wagons and then we'll cruise up the paddocks um, up to see Steve who's ploughing with the, with the eight horse team. So Steve Muggeridge, he's um, a teamster from the North Island, a good good friend of, of ours and he comes down for uh, usually a fortnight each, each spring and works the horses. So the rest of the time Colin and myself work them but we're generally busy with the, um, the running the farm basically. Now we've just got to the shed where there are two wagons. A couple of years ago we started doing um, some tourism, tourism trips with the wagons so being, amazing for being the end of the road we have a tremendous number of people that look at the Lord of the Rings stuff next door at um, Mount Sunday that was Kedaris in the Lord of the Rings oh put that chain on Lydia the wagons are about at least a metre off the ground yes, aren't they yeah nice and high for um, getting through the water and over the boulders and the higher they are the, the easier they are to pull and they travel well so and we if we if we loaded up the two wagons with um, 30 people um, 15 on each wagon it's um, yeah it's a good good load for them where we go but climb aboard and here into back up we go Alright fellas, come on. 
that's pretty good. He's uh, he's got used to having a couple of days working working ground, ploughing and disking, and used to the voice commands. All the horses get broken in the saddle for riding before we ever do any harness work with them. They do at least a week or two in saddle, so he's used to that's a familiar feeling to him. Uh, round warrior. Now we are heading up a track towards a paddock and um, even though they're not going that fast, we can really feel the breeze on our faces. Yeah, it's just um, just picked up again and and the, the team itself, they actually, it's very de deceptive, I'm, I'm holding them back here to let the young guy keep up, but they actually move, the, the Clydesdales are bred to walk all day and it's it's quite a dag when we have our hour-long wagon loop that we take most tourists out on and it's quite hard for them the first half but going up the hill and away from home and they, uh, they you know they're working but the minute you're heading for home they become a handful again really pulling your arms out and we've got to get back to the, to the food they really are um, quite quite naughty <laughs> now how did you end up on the station here Erin um, well, I grew up in Fairley in South Canterbury, which is literally just over the other side of these mountains, um, the, the snow mountains uh, to the right of us here. And I, I was lucky enough to have, um, I was always horse mad and loved the high country. And while we lived in the township, I spent my holidays and weekends with friends who had a farm similar to this that worked the horses. So that's where I learnt to, um, walk up from here, Lydia. Uh, that's where I learnt to uh, drive horses. Whoa! Whoa! Just wait for the go. Um, and then, yeah, was always horse mad, and then I went teaching for a number of years, and then was lucky enough to get back into the harness horses again with some Clydesdales and, and lighter horses, and, and that's how I crossed paths with Colin Drummond, who owns Erewhon Station. And, um, yeah, I've been coming up here for nearly th nearly three years now, so, and living here for two, so it's absolutely wonderful. I really love being able to combine my two passions which is the these these beautiful horses but also the um, the lovely scenery it's it's I can't describe how satisfying it is to be able to do the work in this place but at the horse's pace um, you, you just notice so much more than you do in a, in a vehicle um, it's really it really is a pleasure all right fellas come on Colin has been here since 1998 oh he grew up and um, was originally from Mochuaca, but yeah, so he um, certainly bought the, bought the Clydesdales here and has really um, tried to run the places along those traditional lines as possible, where you, you go out on your, your week-long muster and... Uh, all right, fellas, come on. Working the, working the horses and, and having... Yeah, keep, keeping things as much as possible as they were 100 years ago, so it's a really um, enjoyable setup. Come on, Luke. Gosh, our young one wants to go. I'll just stop them guys here while we'll going. Oh, all right, fellas, come on. We have um, driven off the track and we're going uphill. <laughs> and in the distance, we can see Steve, and he's doing some ploughing with the Clydesdales. Yes, yeah. So he's got a, a eight eight horse team there. So uh, eight horses. We hitch up four in the front row and four in the back row. Um, and in the back row, he's he's got it set up with some a couple of young ones, 
and the way that the plough is set up is that he, um, the young ones are in there pulling, pulling the plough and helping, but they're not actually, uh, they're at what we call the light end of the, of the swingle tree. And so he, they're, they're getting used to being in the team and having the chains and doing the job, but they're not having to um, pull quite as much as um, those older horses are. So, but they're getting used to it, like, like this guy has had, getting used to chains around his legs and all the, all the things that a working horse needs to be able to cope with. Yes. This is quite a good hill, we're pulling them up. Just, it's, it's a gradual gradient, but they, three horses, they know they're working. And um, yeah, this little fella, he's, he, he might have the goods. Whoa. Now tell me a bit about Steve. Oh, Steve is just um, a one in a million, real cracker of a guy, genuine. Um, the horses love him. Um, he's very kind, kind hands, and and um, and he's just got this fantastic laugh and big grin. And you, whenever you go along and see him, it's, you just can't help but uh, get caught up in that bit of infectious enthusiasm. So this is what he does. Oh, uh, yeah, he's uh, it's his job. Yes, yep. He um he also does some you know working on debt. Whoa, look, uh, working on dairy farms and bits and pieces to. You know, help pay bills, but um, this is his great love. So he's, um, yeah, a lovely guy, and we're really lucky to have have him as a friend. All right, fellas, come on. Hi Steve. Good. Nice to feel that sun oh, on your back. Yeah, it is actually. It's quite <laughs> it's it's um quite pleasant, but yeah. I'd like I'd rather have it like it was this morning. It was a bit dull and a bit drizzly, but cooler for the horses, but cooler for the team. You know, um it just makes it a hell of a lot easier on them when the weather's a bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, wind is draining, isn't it? Well, yeah, the wind really, is very uh, draining. Yes. Not only for you, but you the, the horses as well. Yeah, just just look like how it's, the sun's bit of clouds gone over the sun, like this would be bang on, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you rate this plough that you're sitting on? Oh yeah, yeah, she's she's Colin's got it running very very well. Um, yeah, it's just sitting the furrows beautifully. Um, yeah, I'd be. I'd be happy to take it into a competition, I think, yes. because it's gone pretty well, actually. And Erin, do you do some of this as well? Oh, I do um, the disking and the harrowing and rolling. I, uh, I'm still learning the art of ploughing. It's, uh, it's something that's uh, it's a slow process and, and incredibly frustrating when you're learning it like I have been over the last uh, year or so. The uh, dark art of ploughing. Uh, <laughs> I never had any appreciation of just how hard it was until I had a go. And there's just It looks like a really simple uh, implement and simple setup, but there's just... The most minor adjustments that you can make to your your land wheel, your skeiths, and, and the whole lot make a huge, huge difference. So you change one tiny wee thing, and um, and it, it changes the the end result um, dramatically. So I I get what's I still suffer what's called ploughing rage, and I'm because uh, <laughs> the only time I ever seem to be doing ploughing is at, at competitions where there's people watching, and it's just not a good environment to be uh, trying to learn things. How important is it to go straight? One of the arts is to go straight because 
if you start off crooked and it just makes it hard it just makes it hard for everything that all the top work the disc and everything it just yes if you can start off straight it's easier on the team and and, and your mind too obviously <laughs> is it frustrating if sometimes you look back and there's one kink in the line definitely without a doubt <laughs> <laughs> and you can get that quite easily if you hit a couple of stones and it jumps the player up in the air and yeah. shoots it sideways do you have to have shoes on the horses to do this type of ploughing um, no, this is paddock work, so they could do this unshod, no problem. Some of them you'll see have got shoes on, but they're ones we're using a fair bit in the riverbed in the wagon, and they, uh, you know, they just chip their um, hooves like nobody's business if, you, if they didn't have shoes on. Um, and some of them you can just see this uh, filly in the back. She's got, uh, she's put her foot down, but she's got a, a spike sticking out, and they're a bit of an experiment we've got for working in ice to give them a bit of grip going up the hill, um, kind of like uh, mountaineer spikes. Um, Go for climbing, so it's a bit of an experiment with um, with uh, some winter shoes. So even going up here, it's a bit of a rise. I'm not sure of the altitude what it would be, but it's reasonably steep. And you know, I've noticed some of the horses that haven't got shoes have been slipping on the cow pits. <laughs> so how long will these Clydesdales be working this paddock today for? Yeah, eight hours. We 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 we, we sort of get going in the morning. Oh, I don't know, sort of eight hub ass roughly, and. Um, Work till lunchtime and then we all go back to the stable for a feed, me included, but I go to the house. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, come back after lunch and sort of get another, yeah, work till five o'clock, half past five, just, yeah, get another four or five hours in. So, yeah, it's great. What would you put the horses on when you go back what, to the farmyard? Yeah, what we do, we um, unhook the swinger tree off the plough and hook them onto the, the wee sledge there so we can get a bit of a ride ourselves and, um, yeah. Just keeps all the chains nice and firm when you're driving the team back when there's so many chains it could get tangled up. So. And Erin said that you're from the North Island. Yes, yes, from Wire Rapper. Um, don't hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I do love coming down here. It's, it's, it's bloody great. It's just unfortunately this year I've been a bit busy myself, so I'm, I'm only able to spend the week here. And so. yes. Have you always had an interest in Clydesdales? Yes, um, my late father. He was the last guy to have uh, Clydesdales in the Taranaki. We used to run the whole farm with it. And then when he passed, uh, passed away in 85, I just kept it going. You know, they're a big, big passion of mine and, you know, a big part of my life, really. Okay, guys. Steve and Aaron are unhooking the plough. Going back to the farmyard with Steve and his team of eight Clydesdales, and we're on a sledge that works quite well, doesn't it, on the grass? Yeah, it does. Yep, yep, it certainly does. Just like I was saying earlier, it gives the horses a bit of weight to pull, so you're dragging all the chains and getting them all hooked up everywhere. Is this one of the more spectacular farms you come to? Oh. <laughs> You're not wrong there. <laughs> I tell you now, I, I never get sick of the view, that's for sure. You know, no matter what the weather is, I yeah, I never get sick of the view. It's it's quite special really. Um, big country like this. And been coming for a few years now, I'm not sure quite how many, but 
it's been been quite a few years, and uh, the first time I come here, I sort of, yeah, um, uh, didn't really feel like going home. <laughs> it's pretty special. <laughs> How many Clyde Stells do you have at home? Uh, I have eight. You know, I'm just on a wee, wee small scale, not like Colin there and here, but, you know, like I say, I've been with them all my life, and, yeah, they're a big part of Big, big part of my life, the old horses, really. Uh, unfortunately, two of my kids were pretty keen on the horses, but all three of them, unfortunately, live in, live in Australia now. So, uh, But I'm, I'm, that's not going to hold me back from keeping them going to as long as I can live, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if sort of, the thing is, if it's not going to work out when I think I'm going to bloody pop me clogs, if you know what I mean, I, I'd rather just sell them all up and, and knowing that you know they've all gone to good homes and that sort of thing rather than wondering what's going to happen you know so uh, we'll just see what happens you know I hope to have 20 or 30 years left in me yet so. <laughs> what is it you like about Clydesdales? Uh, they're a very majestic animal I, I feel they're very majestic and um, we, we breed it we breed every couple of years we don't breed every year but just but the breeding side of it's good too, you know. Um, always like to breed from good work ethic mares, you know, so it keeps coming down through the line. And, and you know, they're an amazing animal to me. Uh, gentle giants, people say they are, but yeah, there's, you know, yeah, don't get me wrong, 99% of them are, but you get the odd one that sort of can be a bit titchy. When you're doing ploughing or other work on a farm, do you sometimes drift off into your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, yeah, you do, you know, um, because um, it's very rewarding, whether it's sitting on a plough or just uh, just behind a team of horses, it's pretty special, something about it, you know, and um, you actually have time to think about things, whether it's the, the missus at home or your kids in Aussie or thinking about which stallion the next mare is going to go to and, you know, the next horse to break in, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite amazing, really. That was ploughman Stephen Muggeridge. Cosmo was talking to Erin Cassie at Erewhon Station. And as Erin said, the name actually means nowhere backwards. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 